Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. This is Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. Listen to how he prays. I pray that the eyes of your understanding. Why does he pray like that? Because Jesus said what a man understands cannot be taken from him. So he prays the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness. If you're going to underline anything, underline or circle those two words. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who what? Is there any believers in the house? According to the working of his mighty power. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. For this cause, Paul says, now he's going to pray for them again. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, how? By faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Listen to this prayer. What is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of that love? And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Here's our verse right here. Verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. We're going to preach today a message entitled Expect the Extraordinary. I want you to say that to about three people around you. Expect the extraordinary high five them and tell them it's on in the building. And then you can be seated. If you read verse 20 in the New Living Translation, it would read like this. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more, listen to it, that you can ask or think. Then you can ask or think. Expect the extraordinary. Recently, we have been focusing on no ordinary people, no ordinary power, Jesus and the extraordinary, right? Our goal, our objective in these messages 
has been to move us as a congregation and as the family of God from the ordinary to the extraordinary. We talked when we discussed the idea of no ordinary power, that there's two kinds of power. Ordinary power would be the power that a father possesses simply because of his position or title within a family. That's ordinary power. The difference in ordinary power and delegated power is this. Delegated power has to be given to you by you being named to the office, denoting the idea you was not elected by people to be there. You were selected by God to be there. And what God selects cannot be impeached. Did you hear what I said? What God selects to an office or who God selects to an office cannot be impeached. In other words, God did not take a vote from your family members to see if it would be okay if he selected you to be saved, ordained, anointed, filled with the Holy Ghost, justified. He didn't take a vote. God just chose you. He called you. He named you. And what God names, he selects. He didn't hold an election for you to be selected. Somebody ought to give God praise for that right there. Amen. So in this whole focus of moving from ordinary, being normal, average, common, to being extraordinary, I thought this morning in prayer, and Dustin and I have been praying about different things in the Word of God and sharing the Word of God with each other and Pastor Josh. I came upon this thought today, and the thought was expectation. You know, it is too easy to become familiar with the things of God and the house of God, the power of God, that many times our expectations kind of take a dip. And today I came with an objective, okay? I'm just going to tell you flat out, I came with a motive. And my motive is to move you into a place of expectation that you leave this building believing that with God anything is possible. I need to know if there's any believers in the house that believe that with God anything is possible. Let's say it another way. Nothing is impossible with God. Shout it with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Concerning expectations, I'm going to give you four thoughts. I'm going to teach and prayerfully preach a little bit. But number one is this, our most challenging expectation. Number two, our most reasonable expectation. Number three, our highest expectation. And finally, the expectation that matters the most. Is that all right with you? Let us look at the idea of our most challenging expectation. The most challenging expectation that you have is the expectation you have in yourself. That is a challenging expectation. Because... Our highest expectation has the potential to produce our deepest.
deepest disappointment. I'm going to say it again. Because our highest expectation has the potential to produce our deepest disappointment. We oftentimes set low expectations of ourselves. We have a tendency to set low expectations of ourselves. And as a matter of fact, we use scripture to justify it. <laughs> so we pull out scriptures like Proverbs 19:21 that says, Many are the plans of a man's heart. But the purpose of God will prevail. You with me, huh? But the purpose of God will prevail. We use that scripture as an excuse. In other words, what we're really saying is I expect I will fail. But it's okay because God's purpose will make everything okay. Expectations of ourselves are best expressed in how we plan. There's a reason why Proverbs 19.21 says many are the plans of a man's heart. There's nothing that tends toward disaster more than an unplanned life. Planning is powerful. And planning accompanies ideas like order and organization, thinking, thoughtfulness, and all of those ideas come into alignment with planning. And someone said a long time ago, and I believe it to be true, that your failure to plan is your planning to fail. I agree with that. Show me your plan, and I will show you your expectations of yourself. If you have no plan, you have no expectations of yourself. And that really welcomes ideas of being undisciplined. Ooh, man. Don't get tight in here just for a minute, but we're going to work it out. The reason we keep our expectations of ourselves so low, I'm going to tell you why, is fear of failure. I don't expect much of myself. Why not? Because I'm afraid if I try anything, I will ultimately fail. And how do you know that? Because I have a history of failing. So we always keep those expectations of ourselves very low. Fear of failure is the greatest fear known to man. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Fear of failure is very closely related to the fear of criticism and the fear of rejection. I'm going to work on that just for a minute. Um. You need to get to a place in your mind where you look at people while you're serving your purpose and they are critiquing you. <laughs> that you get this mindset that says you're critiquing and you sitting in your seat of a critic means absolutely nothing to me. Let me tell you something. People rarely criticize anything or anyone that ain't doing nothing. That's country, but I'm going to say it like that. 
People don't criticize people that ain't doing anything. Why would you critique them? But you get up, you start making a move, you start progressing your life forward into what you believe God preordained you to be, and everybody will start critiquing your every step, your every decision, and everybody's getting got an opinion. Now, you can say what you want to say about prime time. You can say something, you know, whatever you want to say about Dion. But one thing he has made sure that everyone knows is that he does not, he absolutely does not care what people think about him coaching at Colorado. Now, that very idea has become gregarious. What does that mean? It's attracting people to him. But it awakens people with a bad idea about him. Woo. Some of you are fixing to come into a realization of who you are and where you're going. And you're going to think it's going to wake up your cheerleaders. But really it's going to wake up your critics. Do you not remember when David showed up on the battle line and his older brother looked at him and said, what are you doing here? You wasn't saying nothing while he was feeding sheep. But the moment he said, I'm assigned to take this giant out, now you want to start critiquing him. Some of you got a giant that God ordained you and anointed you to slay, and people's going to look at you and say, you're not qualified, you can't do this. And at that time, you just need to take a prime time attitude and say, it does not matter what you have to say. Come on, y'all. The fear of failure will incapacitate you. The fear of failure will paralyze you. You know what the opposite of the fear of failure is? The positive try. And that takes a change in attitude. Quit being so pessimistic. You know what will make you live in pessimism? Hanging out with pessimistic people. Most of us doubt who we are and what we're becoming, not because of how we see ourselves, but how we think others see us. Most people do not achieve a fraction of what they are capable of achieving because they are afraid they will fail. And I came by to tell you, many of you are there today. You're living in the fear of failure, and you're going to come up out of that mindset today and look at your neighbor and say, we're going to try one more time. We're going to try one more time. Your most challenging expectation is your expectation of yourself. So I'm challenging you today. Do not look inside of you and see pain. Do not look inside of you and see a history of bad experience. Look inside of you and see the greatness that God deposited inside of you and know that the potential that God gave you is something for you to develop. It is something for you to enjoy. It is something for you to maximize so that you can live the future that Jeremiah told us about. I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you. I wish I had a church today. Lord have mercy. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear because fear torments you. 
He, that's, he that fears is not made perfect in love. Listen how the Message Bible reads this. There's no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Fear is crippling. A fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, fear of opinion, fear of critics is one not yet fully formed in love. I'm going to bless you right now. Your father loves you when you were a failure. And he loved you as much as a failure as he loves you when you are walking in victory. So you can never say that God loves you based on your degree of success. God loves you just like you are, but too much to let you stay like you are. I, you know what? I feel like a 10-second praise break right now. I need somebody to give God praise. Amen. Stop looking at yourself in the mirror and saying you can't do it. You're, you know what? You're just a mess. You're just a failure. You have all these weird thoughts and all these weird things. You're just a, no, stop doing that. Walk to that mirror, look at yourself, get you something like a post-it and post up on that mirror, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Put on that mirror, I'm blessed in the city, I'm blessed in the field, I'm blessed when I come, I'm blessed when I go, I am blessed on the mountain, I'm blessed in the valley, I'm blessed when I have a lot, I'm blessed when I have a little, I'm blessed when I don't feel good, I'm blessed when I do feel good, I am blessed all the time. And lift your expectation of yourself. I can do all things through Christ. Come on church who gives me strength I dare you to look at four people and tell them yes you can yes you can alright number two is our most reasonable expectation number two is our most reasonable expectation what is number one number one is our most challenging expectation but number two it's our most reasonable expectation. This should be toward other people. Stop having unreasonable expectation of other people. It represents the standard you set for them to reach. Here's the problem. Never have a higher expectation of others than you have of yourself. And there's no one worse at doing that than religious people. <laughs> religious people carry all their, their, their cover all their failures up with a facade by pointing their finger at you saying, why aren't you and why do you Well, standards for other people or expectations for others. What you believe they can do and what you hope they won't do. Oh, Lord. In your most treasured relationships, your expectations should be, number one, disclosed and discussed. Okay, let's take it to the marriage. Let's take it to the house. Let's take it to partnership. 
In your expectation of others, why would you expect from your spouse more than you expect from yourself? All right. That's why some of you are suffering from marriage on the rocks instead of marriage on the rock. <laughs> so when you're in a relationship, it's always good to disclose your expectations. What does that mean? Discuss them. This is what I expect from the relationship. Otherwise, you are setting your partner up for failure. I'm going to let that rest now. I'm going to let it rest. We cook gumbo in Louisiana. <laughs> and the best thing you can do with gumbo is just let it sit there and simmer. And I'm going to let that sit there and simmer. If you do not disclose and discuss your expectations with your partner, you're setting them up for failure. Why? Because they don't know what you expect. Oh, men, oh, men, oh, men. Come here, brothers. Let me talk to you. Open your mouth. You got to talk. I know you hate it. You've been at work all day. You want to come home and sit down. Watch the news. But then she needs to get her 100,000 words out. And she only got 5,000 out so far. I'll leave it there. Here you go. Concerning your expectations of others, especially your most treasured relationships, never say, well, you should have known. What kind of expectation is that? They did something you didn't like. And they, well, you should have known. Let me try this out. Partner does something you don't like, and you confront them, and they say, "What did I do? You should have known." Well, I, how in the world am I gonna know if you didn't tell me? Well, there's just some things you ought to know. Well, that's something I didn't know, or I wouldn't have done it. Silly. Because I know you wouldn't dare call him stupid, but you would say, silly? Or him. <laughs> Let me fix myself. So watch. Discuss your expectations with your partner. Tell them, this is what I expect. And never say you should have known if you did not let them know. Preaching good, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick, you're saving marriages today is what you're doing. Saving relationships. Now, after you've made it known and they still do it, y'all work that out at the house. Point number three is this. <laughs> y'all thought, they thought I was going to come with some big philosophical idea. This is what you do. I don't know. Just fix it and pray about it. Our most <laughs> challenging expectation is the one we have of ourselves or the ones we have of ourselves. 
our most reasonable expectations should be held in reserve for, for people that we are in relationship with. Have mercy on people. Quit expecting so much from people. Now I'm helping myself. Quit expecting so much from pastors. You got this expectation of these guys behind these pulpits like they're going to go to the office and put their wings back on and then drive home. They left them in the office and came out here and preached, anointed, and then they go back and put their wings back because they're angels. And you get these expectations of pastors like they're perfect and they shouldn't have any trouble and certainly they're, they don't argue with their spouse and they're never upset with their wife. Get your butt ready, Jovan, and let's go. And then, oh, did I say that just came out? Everybody good? So our most reasonable expectations should be held in reserve for the people we treasure the most. Stop putting such high expectations on people that they can't reach them. It's not fair. I'm going to stay here, man. I can feel this work. Watch this. Quit putting such high expectations on a 16-year-old. I can't believe you did that. Uh... Can you just rewind the tape to when you were 16? Talk in the building, Pastor Rick. I can't believe you are 15 and you did that. I don't even want to discuss what I was doing when I was 15. And neither do y'all. You sanctified, sanctimonious something or another. Talk in the building. We all got history. I'm helping the young people today. Number three, what's number one? I can hear Josh is always going to say it first because he's the one that works on my nose. Say it again there, Pastor Josh, our most challenging expectation. And then number two is what? Our most reasonable expectation. And then number three is this, our highest expectations. Our highest expectations should be in God. Our text said, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly, come on in this room now, we've had fun, but let's take it to God now. I said, come on, we, we, we've had fun talking about most challenging and most reasonable, but let's talk about most highest. Your highest expectation should be in God because when you got expectation in God, you live with a skip in your step. You believe that anything at any time, anywhere can happen for you because you have an expectation of God that you can't really even describe. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above what? Say it again. What does all mean? It means all. 
above all you can ask or think according to the power that works where not in heaven but the power that works where is it working in you you ought to have something in you that is working for you and what is working for you is the power of God so your expectation of God is not that he's up there but your expectation of God is that he is right here, inside of you. What should we expect of him? He says it right here. Here's what you should expect of God to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. What is your expectation of God that he will do exceeding abundantly I'm, I'm going to ask you again. What is your expectation of God? That he will do. He can't do anything until you give him something to work with. First you have to ask it. Then you have to think it. Then he can exceed it. But give him, ask him something. Pray about something and watch him exceed it. Exceeding means to throw beyond the usual mark. To throw beyond the common mark. To throw beyond the normal mark. To throw beyond the ordinary mark. Are y'all with me? It means to pass what is ordinary. God passes normal stuff, ordinary stuff, usual stuff, average stuff, and who's he do it for? You. Powerful stuff. Exceeding greatness equals something extraordinary. I don't know what kind of God you serve, but my God is the God that's more than enough. He gives more than enough. He is more than enough. Do you remember when the Peter and John were going up for prayer and the man was sitting at the gate called Beautiful in Acts chapter 3 and verse 5 and the Bible says he looked at them expecting to receive something of them? It would have been ordinary if they gave him money. Talk back to me. It would have been normal if he's asking for alms if they gave him money but to be extraordinary they didn't give him money they gave him a miracle here's what I believe I believe we misplace the extraordinary things of God by not appreciating the ordinary things he's done Until you can appreciate just the ordinary things that God does for you. What does that mean, Pastor Rick? Just take a deep breath. Talk about it. You could be dead right now. Until you can tell him, thank you, Lord, that I lived another day. 
Thank you, Lord, that I ate breakfast this morning. Thank you, Lord, for a good cup of coffee. Thank you for the smallest little thing that you bless me with. That attitude of gratitude will open doors of heavenly privilege you've never walked through in your entire life. But until you can tell him, thank you for the boots I wear. We want God to do extraordinary stuff for us. But we're not grateful for the very minute details he blesses us with in our life. The fact that we're living the fact we have nice people around us. The fact you get a job. The fact you get paid. The amens are getting quieter and, 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 and less, but I'm going to go ahead and finish the message. What's number one? Our most challenging expectation. What's number two? What is number three? Our highest expectation. Now, let me tell you something. God is the only entity in existence that you can put expectation in and never be disappointed. You put expectations on anybody else, on anything else, you have potential to be disappointed. But when you put expectations on God, you will never be disappointed. You will never suffer disappointment by putting your expectations in God. I dare you to shout as loud as you can, I trust God. And I expect God to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think. And finally, number four, is the expectation that matters most. Now, I don't expect a bunch of shouting on there, so running around the building. Because preachers don't preach on this subject. The expectation that matters the most is not the expectation you have in God, but the expectation that God has of you. Consumer mentality that has invaded the ranks of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is despicable. We don't, have a, we don't have an attitude of receiving. We have an attitude of taking. Taking involves one person, and that's you. You see something you want, you take it. You see what somebody else has and you take it from them. That didn't involve them. That involved you. But receiving requires relationship. Talk, Pastor Rick. Receiving requires relationship. In other words, in order for you to receive, someone has to give. For God so loved the world that he gave. It is his nature to give. And that's why Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He did not say you shall take power. The problem with the church today is we are taking mantles. We are taking positions. We are taking our call. We are taking our title. You're not receiving it. You're taking it. 
for you to be receiving from something, it has to be it has to come from someone higher than you. Wow. Your call does not come from someone below you. It comes from God above you. You receive the anointing. You don't take the anointing. People that are takers are dishonorable. People that are takers feel entitled to enjoy what they are possessing. Takers have an attitude of I deserve it because I was born in a different way than you were born or I came from a different place than you came. I'm talking better than you talking back to me. I, I came from a rough area and a rough life. Therefore, I should be able to take whatever I want to take. And you carry a victim mentality through your life and victim mentality tends towards stealing it tends toward taking and never positions you in a place of being a son to receive what the Father has to offer you. The expectation that matters the most is the expectation that God has of you. And the expectation of, that God has of you is that you are not a consumer, that you are not a taker, but that you are a giver just like he is. My expectation of my children is what they learn from me in God. Repeat the pattern and receive the blessing. His expectations of us move us to be extra. I was sitting by my dear staff member yesterday, Vicki. Right there. And she just bumped me on my elbow and she said, Pastor, I can't help it. I'm a little extra. And I said, Vicky, if you ever told the truth, you just told it right now. You know, in this generation, young people say, he's just being extra. You know what that means, right? Extra dramatic, wanting attention. They're just, you're just being extra. Matter of fact, when I was home last week, Jayla and Haley told me, Papa, you're just being a little extra. I said, okay. You know what I believe God's looking for? People will just be a little extra. As a matter of fact, he's so, he's so set in you being extra that he said, if you don't get extra, the rocks will. He said, if you don't praise, then the rocks will cry out in your place. Hey, enough. Time out for caring what people think about your praise. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? Time out for you caring about how people look at you when you start running around in a circle because God just healed a boy of a heart condition. Talk back to me. You say, I will be a little extra. 
I believe that David danced till his entire ephod and his garment fell off while his wife was mad at him and saying, you're making a fool of yourself. And I believe David just stopped. And if he lived in this day, he would look up at that window at his wife and say, I'm just being a little why? Because God has been an extraordinary God to me. I've got to give God an extraordinary praise. He's been extraordinarily blessing me, and I've got to give him an extraordinary worship. Ordinary won't do for an extraordinary God. I'm going to ask you to take about 10 seconds and give God an extraordinary praise. That's pretty good, but I want to know if God has ever done an extraordinary thing in your life. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. If it wasn't for God, Lance, I would be in prison in Louisiana, but God snatched me out of that state. He snatched me out that city, and he brought me away from there. He saved me from alcoholism. He saved me from being a drug addict. Y'all not hearing me. He saved me from sickness and disease. You think I'm going to be quiet so that I don't bother you? If you can't take my praise, move down the row a little bit because I'm a little. Tell your neighbor I'm a little extra, honey. I'm a little dramatic with my praise. I'm a little enthusiastic about all that God has done in my life. He expects praise like that. He expects worship like that. He expects you, listen to me, he expects you to be grateful for what he has done for you. There's nothing, there's nothing that tightens my spirit more than watching men that I know if it wasn't for God, you would not have that work. If it wasn't for God, you would not have that possession. And they carry themselves like they deserve it. Like they, it's owed to them. There is nothing, nothing owed to you. Anything you have that you're blessed with, you need to lift your hands and tell God. Matter of fact, take five seconds and tell him thank you right now. Sit down just one second. I'm going to finish this message. What does he expect from me? I asked myself this question this morning. Gino, I appreciate your participation in this message today. I could hear you all morning. And I like it, brother. What does he expect from me? I ask him this in what, this morning. What do you expect from me and why? This is what I wrote down. The only reason we ever expect anything of any magnitude from anyone is simply this. We believe that they can. And we believe they want to. You, did you hear what I just told you? God believes 
in you. Did you? I want you to let that sink in because we always talk about what we expect from God. We know he can. Not only can he, but he will. But today we're going to reverse that and say that God believes in you. God believes you can. And God believes you will. A lack of expectation that you will is simply a display of expect expectation that you won't. I'm going to read it again and let it sink in. A lack of expectation that you will do what God called you to do is simply a display of expectation that you will not do what God called you to do. God, what do you expect of me? And why? It's a shame that we insist that God keep a low expectation of us. Say that again, Pastor Rick. It's a shame that we think God should keep a low expectation of us. It's not like God's running around here feeling sorry for you. Now, Vicki, I'm going to bless you, but I know you're going to. I don't expect much from you. Now, I'm, I'm trying to be like if I was God talking to you. I'm going to pour it on you. Favor, a wonderful smile. I'm going to fill your heart full of joy. I'm going to give you an overcoming attitude. I'm going to give you the kind of faith that you never get depressed. And you're going to walk through people's opinions and rejection. and you're just, you're, I'm just going to bless you. So, But, Vicki, I don't trust you very much. I, I know you're going to fail. I don't have any expectations of you. What a sick mentality. You know what I told God this morning? Father, you can expect the best from me because I'm going to die preaching your word. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I told him this just like this. I said, Father, I'm not only going to die preaching your word, I'm going to die preaching it the best I can preach it. When I die, I'm going to be wore out and not rusted out. I am not going to quit thanking you. I'm not going to quit proclaiming you and declaring you and decreeing you. And I've walked my whole life from school. I can remember so much peers critiquing everything I did, going to the principal. Listen, man, I'm used to that. It's water off of a duck's back. I want to impress one person, and that's the Lord God Almighty. And I told him this morning, have confidence in me. I dare you to stand up and lift your hands and tell God, have some confidence in me, God. I know you believe in me, but you can be confident that I will do everything that you called me to do. Notice what David said with your hands raised. Here's the heart of a man that knows God has expectations of him. Micah, David looks at God. And says, what shall I render unto you for all you've done for me? You've got an expectation of me, and I'm about to give it to you. What is he saying? Expect the best from me, God. Expect me to be extraordinary. What shall I render? I'm about to do something. 
And I can promise you, it's my very best. Listen, some of you been preached to your whole life about the expectation you should have in God. And I came in here today to flip the script to tell you, have you ever thought about the expectation that God has in you? I can tell you what he does not expect. He does not expect you to gossip about people. Can I tell you what he does not expect? He does not expect you to hate people. He does not expect you to to walk out of this building and go and tear people down at a lunch table. He does not expect that of his children. He expects the best for you, but he expects the best for you.